Welcome to a place where we focus on how to build better versions of ourselves, learn to solve problems in our everyday circles, and inspire us to take action as leaders. Welcome to the Big Things Done Podcast. Hey friends, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Big Things Done Podcast. My name is Andy Glover. I'm your host. Thanks so much for joining. It's awesome to have you here. Uh, I've been really loving the opportunity I get to build more content on a weekly basis. It's been nice to get back into the flow. Um, hey, before I jump into the content today, which where I want to talk about communicating, something I've learned, and I want to share some stories with you about my time in the military and what I've learned from a communication standpoint. I've got one simple request for you. Would you mind sharing this podcast with somebody? sharing it with somebody who would benefit from it. You know, I've received many comments from people over the past, uh, boy, two and a half years now that I've been putting this podcast together uh, about ways that it's affected their life, ways that it's helped them change their priorities or given them the inspiration or courage to try something new or overcome an obstacle that they didn't think they could accomplish. I want to share that message and spread that message to other people because I know that it works. I know that it, it is the right message because I've been living it every single day and I want other people to, to benefit from this as well. Um, so I would really appreciate your help. Just telling somebody who is going through a tough time, hey, you know, I've, I listened to episodes such and such on, on the Big Things Done podcast and you know what? It made a difference for me or he has a really cool perspective on this. I would really appreciate that and it would help spread the message that I'm trying to push here on the podcast and on this platform. So I really appreciate it because I need you to help me build this message and ultimately so that we can together go do big things. All right, cool. Let's get into it. Uh, I want to talk about communication today. So when you hear about communication, right, you're probably yawning and you're probably about to go switch this to the Joe Rogan podcast or something else that's a little bit more entertaining, right? Um, but stick with me real quick because I want to share with you some things that I think are really important, especially right now in this this COVID world that we're living in, right? I'm, I'm recording this in August of 2020. And, uh, you know, at least here in Minnesota, you know, we're still navigating through all these different changes that we have to go through when it comes to COVID. You know, I'm a dental student, right? And so we're wearing all of this different personal protective equipment that we've never had to wear before. We're, we're changing all these different procedures in the dental school and how we treat patients. Like just in my little world that I live in, right? There have been massive changes. And I'm sure that's the same way for you and in, in your workspace and your family or your church or wherever you find yourself. And so with that, right, comes a need to communicate properly. And I would back that up even further, right? And say, if you and I want to go do big things in our life, I don't care what they are, you're going to have to communicate if you want to be successful. If you want to interact or work with just even one single person in your entire life, you have to know how to communicate, right? It's as simple as talking with customers and clients. You have to know how to communicate with them properly if you want to sell your product. Um, if you need to get approval for something, maybe from your boss or from, from an administrator or something like that, you have to be able to communicate your message to them, right? If you're asking for funding, you have to be able to go up to donors and, and tell them your story, listen to their concerns, and ask them for, for their support, right? No matter what it is we want to go do, we have to be able to communicate. And I tell you what, the crucible of the military that I went through really just brought that home to me and made that very aware and, and obviously pointed out a lot of my flaws when it came to communicating. And I'll, I'll share some of those with you. Um, man, what happens when communication goes wrong, right? I learned this the hard way, uh, especially in the military. But in general, 
what happens when we don't communicate well? Well, I'll tell you, I was reading the Forbes article the other day, and they were they were quoting a study. Uh, I forget what study it was. I got to go back and look that up. I'll try to put it in the show notes. But it was a study that was talking about why do small and medium-sized businesses fail, right? I think they gave five different reasons why, and two of those five reasons had to do with communication, right? One of the reasons was because they don't listen to their customers. So, so companies don't listen properly to the needs of their customers and their clients. And the second reason why businesses fail from the standpoint of communication is because businesses don't properly communicate their value proposition to their customers. So it's interesting, right? There's kind of a, a two-way street there. There's a listening aspect and a transmitting aspect. Hmm, that's interesting. Maybe we should talk about that more. <laughs> we will, because there are. There's two aspects to communicating. It's so important. Guys, marriages fail because of a lack of communication or poor communication, right? I hear many times, and it's, it's probably true, right? I know there's a lot of stats out there about marriages fail because of finances. Well, yeah, definitely true, right? I mean, finances are a big part of why many marriages fall apart, but I think if you were to peel the onion back a little bit, what you would find is that there's actually a disconnect in communication about finances that led to the divorce or led to the strain within that marriage, right? When we don't communicate our needs, our desires, our frustrations, when we don't communicate our expectations, we we just bottle that up inside, right? And that leads us to having wrong assumptions or wrong viewpoints about somebody else or, or making us just want to go do something completely different because, oh, that person's not listening to us, right? When we fail to communicate, whether it's in a marriage or in a personal relationship or in a business relationship, bad things happen. And I learned that the hard way when I was in the military. And I want to share that story with you now, right? So, so when I was a young lieutenant and I walked onto my first job at Whiteman Air Force Base, right? I had a flight of 103 airmen who were working for me. And I remember getting up there and making decisions and telling people what to do and nobody did anything, right? I was the highest ranking person in that flight. I was second lieutenant. Everybody else was enlisted. They were under me, right? They all called me sir. They all saluted me when we were off the flight line. Like, like what was the big deal here? Well, the reason was because I had zero respect from everybody on that on that team, right? With the exception of my rank, like nobody respected me as a leader in any way, shape or form. And the other thing was I was telling people things that were absolutely wrong. Like I was giving bad orders and I was, t- I was giving bad guidance and I-, I didn't really understand why. Like I was literally getting laughed at in the break room, like, oh, lieutenant's deciding to go do this today or, or, you know, making these stupid decisions. And <laughs> like, I-, I didn't realize that they were making fun of me until I went out to the smoke pit one time, right? Like that's where business happens out of the smoke pit. And that's when one of the senior master sergeants, one of the older guys kind of pulled me aside like, hey, Lieutenant, you know, we appreciate your passion. You're really energetic, which is true. Like I'm, I'm very like a dominant, energetic kind of guy when it comes to work and getting things done. But he's like, man, you got you to gotta take it back a notch and you got to start looking around and listening to what's really going on, right? You're making bad decisions and you're telling people things that aren't even right. And it was a it was it was a tough moment, right? Because there were other people in the smoke pit there too, and who I was technically their boss. But man, it was a little bit of humble pie that really set me straight to make me realize when I was telling people things, they weren't taking me seriously. And the reason for that was because I wasn't telling them the right stuff. And more importantly, I hadn't built a relationship with them where my communication was going to be any way effective. And so that's what got me thinking about okay, how do I start communicating better? To people. And that's where I realized that communication isn't just me talking to people and transmitting a message to them, right? It's not me just sending a message, whether it's on email or verbally or on a memo, right? Or an essay or a standalone thing like that. It's about transmitting and receiving. 
listening. Man, that was a, that's a huge part of communication that we miss on a regular basis. So let's talk about that listening part, right? Because I think that's one thing that I really struggled with. And it's, it's something I think we do as a society. We struggle with listening, right? Because we're selfish, because we think that our ideas are the best. And, and we're honestly, we're in a culture right now where we don't want to listen to the other side. And we feel like if we listen to the other side or let the other person tell us something, we feel like we're attacked because we don't have a counterpoint to them. We're not interrupting them and telling them and proving them that they're wrong. Uh, we feel like for some reason we have to always be right and not have our mind changed or we don't have any latitude to disagree, which is a shame because that's that's why we honestly have a big communication breakdown in our country right now. So here's Andy Glover maybe a year or two after what I just the story I just talked about, right? So I'm on the flight line. I just got promoted to aircraft maintenance unit officer in charge or AMU OIC. So I had a unit of 250 people from 18 years old all the way up to mid 40s, right? Working for me. And we were in charge of fixing, maintaining, and flying 10 B 2 stealth bombers. So the B 2, big aircraft, super stealthy, right? So it's invisible to radar. Uh, it can carry both conventional weapons, like what you normally see on TV, but it also carries nuclear weapons too. Uh, so it's a huge mission that the B 2 has. Because we're so stealthy, we're on the front page for pretty much any time we need to deliver weapons uh, over a target, right? especially when it really matters. But at the same time, because we are nuclear capable, right, we are on the front page of the president's playbook when it comes to national defense. If we were to ever go to nuclear war, B-2 is one of the top resources that is going to be tasked to go execute a mission. And so because of that, we had to always be ready, right? So we had to not only keep our aircraft flying for day-to-day -day operations to keep our pilots trained, which is very important, right? So they can go drop bombs, they can practice refueling, takeoffs and landings, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, we also had a mission that we had to always be ready for at a moment's notice, right? You know, for example, we didn't get a lot of notice when we had to go drop bombs on Libya. Um, we don't get a lot of notice in any of our nuclear exercises. Like we, we practice going to nuclear war and there's not a lot of time that we get notice for when we have to actually be ready to push jets out of their hangar and get down the runway. And so with that, right, there's a huge mission that we have to accomplish. Very important, a lot of moving parts on a daily level as well as at a strategic level that we had to be postured for. And I had 250 people that I was leading to help make this happen. So what do you think I, I should go do, right? I've got this huge mission. I've got all these people and resources. Like I've got to go do something, right? So as a leader, I feel, I feel compelled to like start telling people what to do. And that's one approach, right? Like we could you know, take the Hollywood approach to leadership and and go in and start barking orders and thinking that we know things and, and go forward. But here's the problem with that. I was absolutely clueless. I had no idea how to fix a B2. I mean, I, I know how to fix my truck, right? I know some basic maintenance principles and, and I'd been to the Air Force course on, on uh, aircraft maintenance. So I knew some of the basic stuff, but I didn't know any of the intricacies on how do we fix the stealth coatings on the B2 or how do we maintain the four engines and the hydraulic pumps and the, the electric generators, the environmental system, the flight control computers, because there's four of them. Like, I mean, all of these things that we, we have on the jet, I had no idea how to do anything when it came to aircraft maintenance for the B2. And so one of the problems I have, right, is that if I was just to come out and start barking orders and start telling people what to do, right? Nobody's going to listen to me because I don't know everything and I'm probably going to say something wrong, right? They know that I don't know what's really going on, right? They know that I'm going to be missing something. They know that when I say you need to go fix this aircraft over here, they know that I probably haven't thought about that other aircraft over there that requires some more work that really should be done first, right? And the reason for that is because my situational awareness is zero and my knowledge is zero. 
when it comes to communication, right, there's a very fundamental aspect of being able to just to build your knowledge and situational awareness of what's going on. And that doesn't happen unless you start listening, unless you start asking questions and humbling yourself to figure out what's going on in order to make a better decision and, and, and have the information to make the best decision possible. And that's really tough because especially for me, like I was a young guy, I was kind of a hotshot and I had a lot of pride, right? And, and especially being like one of the youngest OICs at the time on our base, like I, I wanted to make sure that I I did a great job and I felt like I, I had the skills to make things happen. But the reality is I didn't. I had to go humble myself and honestly make myself vulnerable to the people who had been working on the B2 for a lot longer than I had and start asking them just the most basic questions. Like, what does this acronym stand for? Like we use acronyms all the time in the military and especially on the B2, right? It's like a foreign language. And you know how humbling it is to be coming out of a briefing with generals and, and be lauded for all of your, your, your leadership ability and then having to go ask somebody like, hey, what do these three letters stand for? Like that's a really tough thing to swallow, especially when you're in a leadership position. But I tell you what, it is something that you have to do if you want to start communicating better. You have to build your full picture and understanding that only comes when you humble yourself and you start asking questions and you start gaining information, letting other people speak and letting other people tell you and really honestly seeking out what information other people have uh, so that you can get a better understanding and make the best decisions. There's that understanding piece that listening gives you that you can't get any other way. But there's a second part too, right? So let's say, for example, in this scenario, which isn't true, but let's say, for example, I was knowledgeable. Like I knew everything on the B2. I knew what I needed to go do. And, and that might be you, right? In your situation right now at work or or at, at home or in your church or wherever you are, right? You might be the most knowledgeable person in your career field or in your space. And you might know what you need to go do. So you step in and you just start telling people what to do, right? I had a, a leader at the dental school the other week. Uh, <laughs> he, he was expressing his frustration to me because he couldn't understand why the faculty and the staff weren't weren't understanding all the procedures and weren't following everything that we need to go do from a COVID perspective. Because he said, I've been telling them three times a week. I've been telling them and telling them. I don't understand why they don't listen. It's like, well, I'll tell you why they're not listening. It's because you have no relationship with them and you have no trust with them. And that's the second thing that listening does. Listening is the key to building a relationship and building trust with the people that you're trying to communicate with. If you try to send a message to somebody and there's no trust and they don't care about you, they aren't going to listen to you for, for a second. You might as well be talking to a wall. I mean, they're going to listen to you to the extent that keeps them out of trouble and you know makes them comfortable and, and gets them to kind of where they want to go. But anything beyond that, they aren't going to listen to you. They don't, they don't care because they don't trust you. So what does that have to do with listening? Well, if you want to build that trust, if you want to build that relationship, you got to first start listening to people before you start talking to them. I mean, this might get really granular, but but hear me out. When you humble yourself and you go to somebody and you start asking them questions about what they think, what their issues are, what their concerns are, why don't you agree with this plan or, or do you think it's a right plan, right? When you start asking for input from other people and when you genuinely try to understand what's going on from their perspective, they start seeing somebody who's not in it for themselves. They start seeing somebody who's, who's in it for the mission, who actually cares enough to put aside your own prejudices, your own pride and desires, and instead focus on the other person and ultimately focus on the mission that you're here for. When they see you're willing to step aside and not voice your opinion, but instead listen to somebody else, 
they feel listened to, which builds credibility, right? They feel that they are a part of the solution now because they've voiced something. And even if you don't end up doing it, they at least feel like, hey, this person cares about me enough to hear what I have to say because they think I've got some knowledge that could help the situation. That goes so far in building credibility and building a relationship. And at the same time, it builds trust because they know where your priorities are and they're not with yourself. I can trust somebody who has demonstrated that they care about me or care about the mission that I care about. I can't trust somebody who's only in it for themselves. So listening is the key to building relationships and building trust, as well as gaining that proper sight picture to help you make the best decisions possible. When you put yourself in receive mode like that, you humble yourself, man, that turns you into a transformative communicator because you are knowledgeable and everybody you speak to is going to listen to you because they know who you are and they trust you. That is a game changer when it comes to communicating. So learn from my mistakes as a young, dumb second lieutenant and uh, don't, <laughs> don't do what I did when it comes to communicating. Listen first before you go speak. Okay, so speaking of speaking, let's talk about that. How do we send messages, right? Because that's the second part of communicating, right? We, we just talked about the listening part, but obviously you've got to be able to, to send a message as well if you want to communicate properly. How do we do that? Well, I want to give you a framework that I've used and, and kind of developed over a while. I've had the ability in the Air Force to really start honing my ability to speak and send a message to people from 18-year-old airmen who just came out of boot camp to uh, one, two, and four-star generals uh, that I've had to the privilege of briefing different programs or different capabilities and technologies to. Uh, it's a bit, kind of a really cool experience to be able to brief people from all different spectrums, right? People who are younger than me, who worked for me, and people who were like way, way beyond like where I was ranking and, you know, like four-star general, like I can't, I couldn't even fathom that at the time. Still, you know, a huge rank way above me. So those experiences have honed how I communicate. And here's the secret that I've learned to building any sort of successful briefing. It's, it's three things, okay? When you're building a briefing, you're going to tell them what you want to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you just told them. I'm going to repeat that again. When you build a briefing or any sort of presentation, structure your, your information and structure your presentation in this way. Start by telling the audience what you're going to tell them, then tell them all the details, and then at the end of that, tell them what you just told them, kind of like a summary. This is the best way that I've found of bringing the listener up to speed really quickly on your ideas and then giving them the details in a way that they can download and then finishing the presentation by going back over everything and kind of filling in the gaps and making sure the listener fully understands what you're trying to say, what the main point is that you're getting across. So this whole idea of, you know, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you just told them can be summarized, I think, really well in an analogy that you've probably participated in. So I don't know if you've ever been in like a team building exercise before, but there's a really classic game where um, you give somebody on your team, just one person, a, a piece of paper that has some sort of picture on it, right? So let's say it's a lake with a sailboat on it and some trees in the background and a sun like up in the up in the sky somewhere. And uh, well, duh, where else would the sun be? Come on, Andrew, get yourself together. Um, so that person's got this picture. Then there's another person on your team who is just given a blank piece of paper and a pencil. And the goal of the exercise is to have the person who has the painting instruct the person with just the blank piece of paper how to draw that painting. But you can't tell them any details about the picture itself, right? So you can only tell them to draw lines, draw circles, shade certain areas. You can't tell them, you know, what the picture looks like or what the overall scene is or anything like that, 
right? Have you ever played that game before? I mean, I've done it a couple of times and it, it ends up being pretty comical. Like it, it starts off, you think like, how hard could this be, right? It's not too hard to draw a sail, right? It's just a triangle, right? The sun is just a circle in the upper left-hand quadrant, but it becomes really complicated as you go along. And, and it's interesting how just one small interpretation error by the person who's trying to draw can, can mess the whole thing up, right? And at the end of it, you have two very different painting. And that's exactly what happens when we start telling somebody something and we just dive straight into the details, right? Because we've got this painting in our head. We've got this image that we've been thinking about, that we've been passionate about. We've been dwelling on it for a long time. We're super familiar with it. But the person that we're telling it to they have no clue. They've never seen that picture before, right? And so you're giving them all these different details, like draw a line here, draw a circle here, shade in here, right? And they have no idea where all these pieces fit together or where the end game is about to go. But now I want you to think about it from a different perspective. What if at the beginning of the session, the person with the picture was able to tell the person with a blank sheet of paper what the overall scene was, right? So if I was able to say, okay, Billy, you're, we're going to be drawing a, a lake scene with a boat on the lake, some trees in the background, and a sun up in the sky on the left-hand side, okay? Sounds good? All right, let's go. First thing I want you to do is draw uh, a straight line down the middle of the page, right? Then I want you to draw a diagonal line, right? kind of on and on and on. Billy... I just named him Billy, I guess. So Billy's our, our drawer, right? The person who's uh, drawing the picture on the blank sheet of paper. Billy's going to be able to do a much better job and ultimately get closer to the final picture because he has an idea of what's going on. He knows kind of what the end game is. So he's going to be able to take all these different details and start putting them together in a way that is pretty close to what the end goal is that you're trying to communicate. That example is exactly what we're trying to do with the construct of tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you just told them, right? So when it comes to messaging, what it really comes down to is first off, bringing the listener up to speed so that they can understand what they're trying to go after. Now, I remember doing this for uh, briefings where I would be briefing multi-million dollar projects that uh, we would be pitching to uh, different generals for funding to develop new technology for stealth platforms in the Air Force. You know, specifically, I remember developing some new ground sensors for our stealth aircraft that could assess the stealth coatings and the stealth signature of the aircraft while it was still on the ground. Believe it or not, it's actually a really difficult problem to solve. And, uh, and so we were trying to develop some new technology that could help us assess how good is the aircraft and how stealthy is the aircraft right after we just got done fixing it on the ground before it goes and flies. It's a, it's a tough problem, right? And Because and, normally, uh, in order to really understand how stealthy is an aircraft, we actually have to fly it over a range with, with a bunch of radar dishes on it uh, in certain different patterns and whatnot so we can understand what the actual radar signature of the aircraft is. It's a it's a really complicated thing. Costs costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to do. And if you get something wrong, then you got to go do it again. And it's a mess, right? So we came up with some new technologies that we wanted to go develop, right? Multi-million dollar projects that we wanted to go do. So it was my job as a program manager to develop a plan, put all the people together, but ultimately I needed to get this approved by our general who kind of dishes out the funding. And so I had to schedule a meeting with him and build a presentation where I needed to tell this general who had never seen, you know, he, I think he'd seen a B2 before, but he'd never seen any radar technology or anything like that. He's not familiar with this in any way, shape or form. I had to bring him up to speed on this radar technology, why it's important and what our plan was to make it happen. Right. So my opening slide, I have to give it what we call a bottom line up front or a bluff, right? That basically is a summary of what I'm about to tell the general. And so on my bluff, it was it was essentially exactly what I just said. 
General, today I'm going to be briefing you on a project on developing new technology for ground radar sensors. Currently, this is a big manpower draw and an expensive process for the Air Force. This new technology that we're looking to develop can save a lot of hours and maintenance and re significantly reduce the cost that the, the Air Force has to pay to keep our aircraft stealthy. We've got a plan to get there, and ultimately we're going to be asking for your approval for this project. That opening statement gave the general all the information he needed to be able to assemble all of the details that are going to follow in that presentation. Right? And that same type of construct can be done when you're speaking to a customer. Hey, I totally understand what you're talking about. I've had that same problem too. I've got a product that can solve that problem for you and in fact can give you some more insight into some of the things that you're really dealing with and make your life a lot easier. Let me tell you some more about it. See what you just did there? You kind of gave the listener the end goal of what you want to say, right? I've got this product. It's going to solve your problems and it's also going to do some more stuff for you. Let me give you some details, right? Now the listener can construct everything as you give it to them in details in a way that builds basically the same picture that you have in your mind. Now, when you're giving details, right? Kind of moving on to that next part, which is the, the tell them part, right? You're telling them the details, man, you've got to be logical. You've got to be ordered and you've got to make it relatable. You can't just be spouting off all these different specifications that are very difficult to kind of understand or relate together. Being able to step through something in a logical fashion. First, we do this. Then once that's done, that allows us to do this. Then after that's done, we're going to move to this third and final stage because all these other things have been completed beforehand. Or maybe you work from the outside in. You know, this is our big problem overall. Right? And if you go in one step further, these are some of the reasons why we're having these problems. Right, Boom, boom, boom. Taking the time to deliberately separate and, and kind of what I like to think of as like putting your different concepts into buckets so that it's easy to understand and, and comprehend, it, it, it pays dividends in the end because you're giving the listener information in a way that they can download and process. Right, And they can put all those pieces together into their mental image that you've already created for them right in the beginning. And then the final thing, right, which is tell them what you just told them. You've got to quickly summarize what you just told them. you got to say what it is that you just got done saying and just try to quickly bring together all of those details or at least some of the highlights back to that big picture that you were talking about. If you can't do that at the end of a presentation, then you've probably missed something or you've presented your ideas in a way that's not coherent and it's not relatable. You've got to set yourself up for this conclusion, right? So that it's easy to go backwards and say, hey, you remember all these details I talked about? Remember this specific thing and that different gadget and how all of these different things are going to work together for this project we have and ultimately solve that problem that I told you about? That's what we're trying to go do and that's what I need your approval for. I think of this as just like the slam dunk. This is the thing that takes it home and really just cements everything together in the listener's mind. Now, there's one thing I didn't mention, and this should really have been mentioned in the very beginning, right? In your in your bottom line up front, right? Or your tell them what you're going to tell them statement. You've got to be able to tell them why. You've got to be able to stress why this actually matters, right? So people, especially nowadays, like we have very short attention spans. Generals are extremely busy and they don't have time to be bothered with, you know, me pontificating on some sort of development project. They need to know, does this matter or does this not, right? And they honestly, they've probably made their decision on whether or not they're going to fund this project within probably about the first, I would say, two to three minutes of my presentation, and that means that you have to be able to convince somebody why something matters really quickly. Otherwise, you're going to lose them. And so you capture that why statement in that first portion of your briefing. 
tell them what you're going to tell them. If you don't immediately tell somebody and convince somebody why this matters, then everything else you say from there on out is just going to be viewed through a lens of this is just information coming in. Let's get through this meeting as quickly as possible so I can go do something more important with my life. So communicating why something is important is a huge part of your message out to somebody. Otherwise, they're just not going to take you seriously. So as you think about communicating, whether that's in your job or at home uh, or with you know another person or a friend or at school, think about both the listening aspect and the communicating aspect. Don't be intimidated to be a good listener. Don't be intimidated to go into receive mode. It's going to feel weird. It can feel really weird and almost threatening to sit in a conversation and only let the other person speak without you interjecting or without you trying to go point for point or or present counterpoints or try to convince somebody why they're wrong midway through their statement. Instead, be a better communicator by being somebody who's willing to sit back and listen and let somebody just unload on you. Let somebody tell you whatever they think. Gather all that intel. That's really good information. Now you're understanding what they think. You're understanding the situation better and making sure you didn't forget something so that when you communicate back to them, whatever your viewpoint is, you can address every one of their points and you can make sure your statement is as clear as possible. When we talk about making that clear statement, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you just told them. Those three parts, super important. In fact, what I'm doing right now, right? I'm telling you what I just told you. That helps cement everything together in your mind. It reinforces it. And you're going to be able to capitalize on that relationship that you've built, that trust that you've built because you've listened. You're going to tell them why it's important. And that's going to be somebody who's going to walk away from any message that you send, ready to go do whatever you tell them because they know that you're not in it for yourself and they have a clear understanding of what they need to go do and why it matters. Awesome, guys. That is Communication 101 things that I've learned in the military. I know they work because I've failed at them and I've, I've worked at them and I've gotten a lot better. Apply this at home, apply this in your business, apply this at your school, wherever you find yourself, you're going to be making leaps and bounds towards your big thing because you're somebody who can communicate effectively. We'll talk to you guys again soon. And until next time, keep doing big things. <laughs>